0: Hey everyone, Paul here. Before we dive into our episode today, I want to give you a quick content warning. This episode covers some intense topics and themes which include both suicide and emotional abuse. While Pablo and I think these conversations are definitely important to have, if any of this is triggering to you, we recommend you either skip through some of these parts or feel free to hang tight until our next episode. If you or anyone you know is dealing with any abuse or suicidal thoughts, please know that support is available. We'll actually include some resources in our show notes, and remember that you are worth the support. But otherwise, thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show.
1: super early 2010s, I had a boyfriend who I was madly in love with. For the longest time, I considered him the one that got away. He was my dream man. He was covered in the coolest tattoos. He had a great job. He was so insanely creative, fashionable. He was a dark Spaniard and brooding, but also so cool. It was like super intimidating. I was out of my league. At least that's how I felt in the relationship. I admired him. I wanted to be him. I wanted to be better for him. He liked me, and the sex was great, and he told me he saw a lot of potential in me. However, he did not love me. I had just gotten out of a stint in a psychiatric hospital for a suicide attempt and a psychotic episode. I was in a state of transition, and I wanted to feel grounded to someone, to someplace, to anything. I shouldn't have been in any relationship, let alone with him, but I knew he was with me because he felt sorry for me. He didn't want me to kill myself if we broke up, even though his friends were always telling him to dump me. Eventually, he did, and I moved on, but I remember wanting connections so badly, someone to just see me, that I let someone who obviously wasn't interested in being with me make me feel worthless and ugly. That brings us to Danny's character from Ari Oster's sophomore film, Midsommar, a woman on the verge of a breakdown, manipulated and pitied into staying in a toxic relationship. It's a story, unfortunately, we can all relate to. Hi, I'm Pablo and i'm paul welcome to scared gay a horror movie
0: podcast with a gay agenda and today we're talking about midsommar pablo i just want to first off say thank you for sharing that i know that was a re- that's a really intimate story for you so you know i appreciate you coming forward and, and sharing that that takes a lot of courage
1: oh thanks thank you guys for for hearing it and i
0: did say guys so paul take it away we have our second guest, and I am what? very, very happy to introduce a very good old friend of mine, a very talented playwright and actor, Mr. Alex Perry.
1: Yay! Hey. <laughs>
2: Thank you for having me, guys. I'm really excited. <laughs> this is a real treat for me. One, because I get to hang out with you guys and Paul, but get to talk shit with about horror movies, which I love.
0: Yes. We have a, a friendship that's founded on talking shit. Just yeah, <laughs> we did plenty of that the way alex and i know each other we met I, I was doing my undergrad in theater and alex was a playwright but he was he was doing his graduate program in the creative writing department
2: yeah it's it's kind of funny because uh, when i started going to state i you know i had this vision of of being in the theater and writing plays and putting them on and you know it, it turns out it's the creative writing department so we just sat in rooms talking about writing, writing about writing, you know, like it was just very, uh, kind of boring. And I just started enrolling in theater courses and just doing what I could. And then met Paul along the way. And we got into many, uh, many a shenanigan (laughs) and actually, uh, started a theater company together actually, which was a lot of
1: fun. Yeah. That we
2: had a, um, Explain, explain. So my roommate at the time, uh, one Michael Sorella, and I uh, had taken a production of Edward Gant's Amazing Feats of Loneliness by the playwright Anthony Nielsen to the New York Fringe Festival the year we graduated. And it was so successful that we decided to start a theater company and brought together a group of our friends who we all wanted to uh, be involved with the project. And Paul was our director of development. And uh, I remember Paul and I taking a trip to the bank and got our first business credit card. It had the, yeah. the company's name was 99 Stock Productions, and it said 99 Stock Productions yeah. on the on the credit card. I was like, "Yeah, we made it!" And then it went under two seasons later.
1: Oh, but damn, that's <laughs> awesome, though.
2: It was yeah. a kick-ass two seasons, though
0: it was really good we put on a lot of uh, so i like director of development i i was working in fundraising my original life at post college because i was like the whole starving artist thing didn't appeal to me so i was working in fundraising for higher ed we eventually ended up getting a fiscal sponsorship versus our own 501c3 uh, but so i was helping with, with the fundraising and then and it was like literally the semester after I graduated. So I'm like, so if we make this sound way more impressive. I was like 22, 23. It was.
2: <laughs>
1: it was very. It
0: does. It was very, it do-
2: like, it was very. you know, like grassroots, you know, a lot of people volunteering their time. And, you know, we we were able to actually pay all of our actors and designers. But us as the people who are running it didn't didn't really get anything but the yeah. satisfaction. But well, just
1: think, hearing like Paul talk and like you, I'm like so impressed. I was like, well. I remember I had a DVR and a 69 (laughs) with a 420 and I had to do a you owe me like
0: I just want to throw letters around too because
1: you guys are impressing me I want to keep up
0: (laughs) oh but like don't get me wrong like this was like Alex and Michael really really put the work in heavy lifting and this was like their baby and like it was you know all volunteer they did a great job I ended up having having to like step away because i got really involved in my career like maybe by the second season but i still yeah i think i perform i performed in a couple of the. you did i was gonna shows. say you wore many
2: hats because you performed yeah. in we did a, a a series of short plays and paul uh acted in you were in the bone tree weren't you
0: yes I was yeah in,
2: which was a short play that i wrote which was a lot of fun to
0: see I was also in one of your other plays in college called Head Rush. Not surprised that you know you're here. All of his plays were really dark and very yeah. thriller horror. and horror movie. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. I actually have a question for you. So you knew Paul when he was like a baby gay, like in college. <laughs> what horror movie best describes Paul back then?
0: Ooh. Uh... <laughs> oh man. I mean you can at this point, you can just tell them what I was like, and uh, and you were hot as You were a ton of fun to be around because. So that movie, Street Trash. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's that. It's actually an A twenty four film. I can't remember it. It's uh, climax, the one that <gasps> where like all the all the 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 dance that students is, take take ecstasy and lose their damn minds yeah the, that, that sums ups, up Paul that perfect. is an amazing okay. film oh my
0: god <laughs> I was not doing ecstasy no you college.
2: weren't but I, I remember many, many many uh, many a theater party or a trip in the Castro and you know we were uh, we brought the fun anywhere we went Paul especially so it was love it I can see that yeah we did a lot of shit talking we we would just get you know drunk in corners of bars or parties and then just talk, talk about trash it. love yeah. it uh, chain smoke <laughs>
1: cigarettes and you know so I did <laughs> not much break. has changed not much has changed i love it
0: <laughs> fuck
1: you i love was more me, than
0: mate. just a hot mess i mean don't get me wrong i was a hot oh mess so enough. was i come on
2: <laughs> especially when i was single god
0: a single no. late 20s alex roaming around san francisco oh yeah you first met me when I, but like I was in a relationship for like the first, like I was dating my college boyfriend and then mm-hmm. I, but then, yeah, then once he and I broke up then like all hell broke, all hell broke loose oh, and yeah. I was able to be like that. Paul was on the prowl,
2: just slaying wieners everywhere he went.
1: Damn. Well, you know, the best <laughs> thing about being a hot mess
0: is you're hot first, right? Like that's <laughs> what
1: matters.
0: Ugh. We'll need to get some of your... College and high school friends. Nope, uh, I, on here at some point. <laughs> nope, they're all dead. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, let's. So tell me, like, how both of you? How was your week this week? A horror film. Pablo, since you're a little, I'll be a little vulnerable. My, uh, my horror movie kind of over the past couple of weeks. I, I've totally been in my head. You know, just getting older and every like, I have a birthday coming up. But just generally speaking, I've been so involved with work and you know obviously this podcast, but then also just kind of getting older. I mean, it, I think it's actually, you know, almost poetic that, you know, we have Alex here because I've been friends with Alex for so long, but just kind of like in my head and in my space, like I felt like I've been drifting away from a lot of my friends and got paranoid and thought that, you know, people were mad at me. So that, that was just like a total paranoia. <laughs> yes, uh, but then also having conversations with people over the last like week or so, I realized it's just in my head. I was stressed and everything, but yeah. happy to kind of come out of that. That also makes me realize that, you know, I am getting older. Like I, of course, you know, my f- group of friends has shifted. I'm still lucky enough that I have a good core group of friends. I am you know, thankful for for both of you, Pablo. You've been a wonderful friend mm. beyond just a co-host. So it ended up having a happy ending. Um, I think this movie kind of had a happy ending, but it didn't kill anyone. At least <laughs> I'm not going to say that on here. Alex, I mean, pass the mic over to Yeah. So my life this week has been like a horror
2: movie. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the horror movie One Bedroom, One VR. Yes. Yep. Uh, I've I've mm-hmm. been feeling a bit like that. So we're my wife and I are in the process of moving, and this always happens to us. Like we approach the the end of our lease, and we start looking for a place, and then it ends up being this like race to the finish, and we've been like doing open houses. the past four or five weeks trying to find a place and like we landed on one we really loved it it was like at the top of our price range and you know we started to you know we submitted all our stuff and we got accepted and we were starting to read through the paperwork and you know i just started getting this weird feeling i was like something's not right and we were still going to open houses and we went to one and like this guy was there and he showed us the open house and then he was like oh i know you guys you you were you're applying for that Ballard house and we're like how do you know that and so i start like digging on like the management company he he represents and every single review online was a one star saying how horrible they were and like treated tenants terribly and like wouldn't, you know, break leases and you know, charging people all these outrageous things. And we were like literally about to sign and join this fucked up community of lenders and stuff. And I was just like, no, no. So we backed out and found a place luckily and moving sucks, man. And we've moved, I think this will be our seventh move in ten years. It's not us, it's them. Everyone else. It's we just I can't mean, find
1: the right side. Fuck landlords. <laughs> down with landlords, right? Uh so I'm happy
2: that we're we've landed where we landed. So you know
1: nice. our horror movie had a happy ending. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Bob, how about you?
1: This week actually, like, no, nah, I haven't really um experienced any horror this week. We um baloney's coming back and so we're, we're doing rehearsals for that. And um Pablo, actually fun. really fast, do you want to explain what baloney is? It baloney is this like comedy show that's all gay male review that's not all gay and not all male we do have women in the show we do have straight men in the show but it's like I like to call it a cross between magic Mike and Saturday Night Live like we're all we're all kind of considered strippers but it really is very humorous and it's very body positive it's very it's about like diversity it's about like don't yuck someone's yum just because someone likes something it's a lot of fun like it's one of the best things that has happened to me in a very long time. I actually wrote a a voguing house number for all the people of color that are in the show. That It's like our love letter. Actually, this is my horror film. It's a love letter to the queer community of color, specifically black and brown folks who kind of really get shit on a lot. And um, we have our first hater. Someone who is... Yeah, it's, it's not someone in the show. It's a party promoter out in the east bay young 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 kid who is very critical of it and is like telling us like oh you know you need to be canceled he's saying like i shouldn't be in in it because i am too light skinned of a latino guy and i'm like i'm kind of a dark latino guy he's like 21 years old and he's like Wagging his finger, telling us like you don't know the real history of voguing, and it's like you don't know who we are. Like I've never, I've never met this kid. I've never had a conversation with him. Don't tell me my experience. Don't tell me this. Like you don't necessarily understand. And it's actually kind of worrying a few of the guys in the in the number, you know. And I'm just telling them like we're always gonna have haters. There's gonna be guy. There have been guys that are very critical of the. You know, I remember one time Baloney, we went to Provincetown. And some guy, like some white middle-aged guy came up to us and he was like, I think you're cute, you're cute, you're cute. And he pointed to all the white guys and then literally pointed to me, the black guy, the Asian guy, and another Hispanic guy. And he was like, I don't think you're cute. I don't think you're cute. I don't think you're cute. And I don't think you're cute. And that was it. And he like walked off. So I was like, we're going to have it from every angle. Like, we're going to have like guys saying racist shit to us and then guys telling us that we are sellouts and that we are tokens. Like, it's going to come all over. So, we just have to kind of stay strong. So, we're just kind of dealing with that right now. It's a good number. I'm really proud of it. Motherfucking haters going to hate.
0: Haters going to hate. They'd be sipping that haterade. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Pablo, I think we should, we'll put it, we'll put information in our show notes about baloney because they are an amazing group. And, you know, we, of course, want to support, you know, the queer community. And, you know, Pablo is just thinks he's magic Mike, but like nope, that's fine. <laughs> Maloney sounds awesome. It's so cool. it's like it's like burlesque with tasteful dick jokes. Yeah. Not tasteful. Not tasteful. Not tasteful. <laughs> not tasteful. <laughs> Good. Not tasteful. Good.
1: Um, okay, so Midsumar. When did you all first see this film?
0: Right when it came out. I saw it in theaters. And I will be honest, I did not like it. C- couldn't really put my finger on why, but I was just like, I like, I don't know. It wasn't really necessarily what I was expecting. But then I saw it again when it was still in theaters, and it really jumped up to kind of the top of my list of one of my favorite horror movies. I feel dumb for not liking it my first time, but it's one of those movies that when you watch it a second time, Ari Aster is like the Taylor Swift of, you know, horror directors because just all the Easter eggs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a bad, not a bad comparison, You're but not wrong. No but I loved it. I think the reason I didn't like it the first time was I identified with Danny, with her character a little bit too much, uh, close for comfort, but we'll you know, chat about that later. Uh,
2: I would have called him the Wes Anderson of horror films, but I'll take Taylor Swift.
0: That's because that's, that's because you're a male. <laughs> or a <or> straight male. <laughs> exactly. Straight to Jason. I've, I've
2: got no good perspective. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I saw it in the theaters as well, right, when it came out, and I and loved it man so I went I went with a friend who we both uh we both we both enjoy the company of weed so we took some massive rippers before we went uh, to the show and I was just in like awe of this film when I first saw it um probably because I was just ripped out of my tree but oh uh, <laughs> it was it was it, like you know I I really enjoy films that have depth and layers and this does and there's you know visually speaking, you know, this is a great horror movie to see while you're stoned because, you know, there's just so many things happening, both contextually with the script and in the story, but also just within the the, the world of the, the, you know, the movie that we're watching. And I loved it. And it actually, so I had not seen Hereditary, which is one of my all-time favorite films. And I saw this. This was the first Ari Aster film I saw. And I immediately went home and watched Hereditary the next day. It was just like, oh, I'm absolutely in love with this man. He makes
1: such good films. Um, I saw I the first weekend it came out. And I went with a group of friends and we watched it and ha- we it was divided. Half of us loved it. I loved it. The other half didn't like it. So we're not friends anymore because they're they got shit taste. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, <shut laughs> um died they're fine.
1: Yeah. Up, I was like pretentious. Now no, you're dumb. I you know, I, I hit them in the head with a mallet. Um no, uh, I thought it was great. I saw it at Alamo Draft House. I was drunk mm, nice. and I was like fuck
0: Good. And it made me want to do mushrooms, and I didn't. It made yeah. me definitely never want to do mushrooms ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let's go into this movie as far as the technical side of it. So produced by A24, but directed and written by Ari Aster. It came out in June, July 2019. Originally, this B-Real or B-Real Executives came to came to Ari Aster after Hereditary, and they wanted him to produce this Swedish slasher film. And he was like, I'm just not, I can't really put myself in that. But Modern Romance, a movie back in the day, is one of his favorite breakup movies. So what he did was he centered it around a, he made it a breakup movie, a bad relationship, and then added horror elements. And I think that's one of the things that really makes this a brilliant film. Hereditary is similar in that it's a family drama and then the horror element. So it's definitely his kind of his kind of MO. It was a pretty short production. It was greenlit in May of 2018 and then premiered a year later, so. But we kick it off with an opening of A Tapestry. Something about Ari Aster you should know is the entire plot of that film is explained on the tapestry. Right it opens there. and we go immediately into some beautiful visuals, but whole premise. Danny, a college student, suffers a horrible tragedy when her younger sister not only commits suicide, but also kills their parents via carbon monoxide poisoning. It's a heartbreaking scene. And she has this gaslighting douchebag of a boyfriend, Christian. He continues to treat her horribly. His friends want him to break up with her, but she clings on to the relationship. And out of guilt, he invites her to this trip he and his friends are going on is a trip to a Swedish village to study slash attend a midsummer festival of this particular community. His friends are pissed, but friendly to Danny, particularly Pele, who is, grew up in that community. Christian originally wasn't going to tell her about, about this trip, but she finds out he ends up inviting her and she accepts Upon arriving to the community, they meet two other outsiders named Connie and Simon. They're from the UK. They have a mushroom trip right when they get there. But initially, fun and peaceful things take a big turn when they witness a ritual suicide. Many events then happen that reveal a dark side to this community, which are interestingly mostly all draped in bright sunlight. But relationships deteriorate, people disappear. Pies with hidden pubic hair are served, and Danny is crowned a May Queen, which puts her in a position to make a difficult yet cathartic decision in the end. Oof.
2: Excellent summary.
0: Yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, <laughs> thank you. You know,
1: the highlight of that pie. Is <laughs> that great plot summary. But there, there's really like three characters that we want to talk about. Obviously, the main character played by Florence Pugh. The way that Florence Pugh's acts are by like. Screaming after her mom dies, and her her mom, dad, and sister die. Like holy shit, that's a hard, hard watch. But it's it's brutal. Yeah, Florence Pugh in general, I think is this was the first film I had ever seen
2: her in, and as an actress, I mean. It, she completely steals the show of the whole movie this is danny's story this is this is her journey and we are just you know everything is told through that lens he really he really creates an interesting sort of set of uh characters with this film because with danny you know she is sort of this this broken tragic hero or you know she's the the protagonist and then is has this band of kind of idiots with her, you know, Christian, very, I think, very ironically named because he's just the biggest piece of shit in the world. And then has, you know, his, these Joker friends like Josh and Mark with him and kind of in tow who are just, you know, really everyone's just serving themselves in this film except for Danny. She's the one who's constantly trying to, you know, be affable and be, you know, just go with the flow. And that's the last thing she wants to do. It's,
0: she's such a real person in it. yet, And like, as you mentioned, Florence, oh my God, from an acting perspective, uh. she's phenomenal. But what's also hard to watch is that you see your friend going through this, where you've been the person going through this, where it's just like, this is a relationship you really shouldn't be in. She has that friend in the very beginning that she's talking to before she finds out about what happened with her sister and her parents. But it is hard to watch sometimes. However, you can't take your eyes off of her and she's such a real character and i think i couldn't imagine any other actress playing uh playing this character yeah maybe cool. rodney dangerfield <laughs> <laughs>
1: rodney dangerfield as danny from *Midsommar*. no respect no respect i can just imagine That'd be so good that that would be a choice i would i would be in for that we know she's dealing with a lot. We don't necessarily know what she was dealing with kind of beforehand. She really is someone at the beginning who has no identity. She just is exists in relation to other people. So she was bringing a lot of chaos into a relationship because of her sister being so chaotic, right? And she was always trying to be there for her sister. You kind of get a sense of that. But she's always trying to appease someone. And like in a way, I think it's what saves her and it's good, like it's you know we we usually see that as like as a fault in someone, like being yeah, like a um, weakness or exactly. Yeah. But you know there there really is a purpose for it, and we see that in Danny's character, and I love it. So it, it, it kind of really like is a good segue into the next character, Christian. You know, he's very he has no backbone, he has like nothing. He really is the one with no true identity, nothing at his core, no values, nothing. Piece of shit,
0: like little uh-huh. fucking dingle dangle dick running around, like that's it. Like, fuck that bitch. He's totally selfish, totally blind, can't see past his own nose, loves the sound of his voice. I mean, he but he doesn't just do it to her, he does it to his friends. To everyone. Yeah. Like, in the later. Yeah. So, but what I will say, the actor is great. Oh, he, he's so good. He's, yeah. I, I
2: think one of the biggest challenges as an actor is playing a piece of shit or playing a villain, you know, like, if you can do that, well, if you can make the audience hate you, you've done your job. And he is so detestable. he's just so slimy. You know, he's yeah. constantly contradicting himself. He's constantly either gaslighting or turning, you know, he, he's a turncoat. like every step of the way. He betrays Danny, he betrays Josh, you know, he's constantly just throwing people under the bus or just doing something for his own benefit,
0: you know? I've dated one of those.
2: <laughs> I think everyone has.
0: But he has some striking blue eyes. He is a very cute guy. <laughs>
1: but all well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would make the, I, I wouldn't necessarily call him a, a gaslighter. Because I gaslighting is a very specific thing of, like, I'm going to literally fuck with your sense of, like, am I a crazy person? He does that to her, though. In the beginning, when when she's talking
2: about uh, her sister, he says, like, something, like, uh, to the effect of, like, oh, will you let her do this to you? It immediately turns uh, uh, Danny's character to say something to the effect of, well, I'm lucky to have you. Yeah, like, there, you can see that, like, mental Yeah.
1: I wouldn't necessarily call that gaslighting. I would call that ma- maybe manipulation. Gaslighting is really like, Paul, you're not sane. Like there's
0: something deeply psychologically wrong with you when there is actually nothing wrong with you. But you can say that without explicitly saying that. Like you don't have to whisper the, you don't have to give that exact yes. sentence. Like what effectively what he his actions and the way that he's treating her. And, you know, like Alex said, you know, like, you're letting you're letting this affect you and then but he also does it later he does it multiple times yeah. and there's a part when it's, she's in person it's, it's he's subtle apolog, she apologizes immensely for stuff she doesn't need to apologize you know, for yeah. and, for sure but not
1: all ga- not not all lying and manipulation is gaslighting where, where we need to do the difference is how well this is well this is so well written because yeah. he doesn't like her So he actually does think... I really did get the sense that he really does think that she's making a big deal out of it. And he's just like, dude, you're making a big deal out of it because he isn't invested and he doesn't care. If he was like, it's actually very appropriate to do this, I'm going to make her feel really bad about it and make her feel like she's fucking crazy and she needs to be hospitalized. Mm -hmm. That's gaslighting. Gaslighting has a very, very, very distinct purpose of making someone feel that their reality is so wrong that there is something deeply wrong with how they process psychologically everything mm-hmm. so him just not caring and being like no it's all in your head because he
0: literally thinks it's in her head is not necessarily gaslighting no but he's he's providing her a false narrative because when he's like it this doesn't is all matter in your head, you're letting yourself gaslighting is
1: the motivation of the person not the effect on the person that it's done to I used to be a therapist. This was <laughs> what we used to actually talk This is going to turn into
2: a different episode. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> totally fair. Like, totally fair. No, no,
1: and, and like, and like the, the, it also needs to be kind of t- talked about because not every, we all have, every single one of us have has both gaslit, <clears throat> but also made someone feel less than in a way that isn't gaslighting them. Yeah. And gaslighting has a very insidious thing and a very um, like purposeful uh outcome that is it's looking for this outcome on purpose and so that is an easier villain mm-hmm. you know that is very much perfect gaslighter the joker he is great at like whoa this isn't real like what the fuck is going on um, and that is a villain that's done in one way where it's like their motivations of villainy and cruelty are out there He doesn't have the motivations of cruelty because we all know someone like this, where you're like, he's a dick, but he's not like he avoids
2: he exactly he's constantly avoiding guilt. You know, like even when they talk about her the trip to Sweden, she says, "I didn't know about this. You already bought a ticket." Well, I mentioned it. We talked about this. I said I was interested in going. Yeah, you know
1: exactly. It this movie is also about how emotions play a role in how we process everything because this movie really is about grief and trauma Mm -hmm. and so their emotional motivation is going to play a big role in how their characters are developed and how their characters are expressed you know like we're we're not going to talk about him but i believe it's mark the the Mm -hmm. one who's like always he he literally has a very flat emotion and he's very analytical and that's it to the point where it gets him killed it's really disrespectful that's josh josh sorry josh mark the like party guy his emotions are very surface. It's very like just in the moment. There's not a lot of depth to it. And mm-hmm. that gets him killed because he has no understanding of how to, no under, no empathy, no understanding of how to relate that something is kind of important to people. So I I think their emotional experiences are a big part of their characters. And that's, where you, that's why for me, I'm like, it's kind of important to know the distinctions of gaslighting, what it really yeah. is, what it isn't, and all that.
2: Well, you just pointed out something really cool about the writing is that the way Ari Aster set up these these characters and sort of their archetypes, it is essentially what gets them killed. Josh's, you know, quest for knowledge and this, you know, his PhD and his thesis, you know, that gets him killed. Mark, he's, he's the jester. He's this, you know, he's the fool.
0: And those are the archetypes that the sacrifice requires. So yeah. there's, and you hear in the, like, Mark absolutely is the fool. And when you first get in there they're playing a game, skin the fool. fool. What did they do? They skin, they skin the fool. But We can just all agree, you know, he's, or Christian's manipulative. Oh, he's a piece of shit of a human being. Yeah. The hardest part for me was seeing that scene switch when she's like, you know, she's upset with him and he's, she ends up eventually apologizing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard for me to watch because I saw myself do that, you know, Mm -hmm. at one point in my life. And it's very like, it's also shot
2: brilliantly because in the beginning, the camera is filming her through the mirror, and they're looking yeah. at each other through the mirror. Like you can tell, like they're they're having this conversation, but they're in two different two different planes, you know. And I think that's such a such a great metaphor for their entire relationship.
1: There's so much shots on reflection here. Mm-hmm. Like they're actually not handling each other emotionally. They are reflecting what they think the other person wants to see there's there's a a huge disconnect and instead of really connecting person to person they're
0: like connecting avatar to avatar you know and i yeah. love that i thought that was great yeah well christian's also a really weak character to be honest he should have broken up with her a long time ago i mean yeah i'm not providing him any sympathy whatsoever but you know in that first scene his friends are telling him Dude, break up with her. Granted, they're assholes, and they but they do just about a line of being like, "Look at that girl. You can get her pregnant." <laughs>
2: foreshadowing a
0: little. As, a whole bunch of foreshadowing <laughs> throughout this movie. But what I'm saying is, he is then met with, like again, I'm not providing him sympathy, but then he is kind of fucked because she's totally alone now. He's the only person, and there is something to be said for you know, it's fucked. But at the same time, he should have. Been nicer to her yeah. earlier. It was a good well, place. I mean,
1: it's 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 a greater thing for her to let her go, right? But he's so selfish that he's like, What if I regret it later? You're literally toying with this woman's emotions. And like, yeah, I'm gonna call him Cheedy because from fucking the good place. Like Cheedy <laughs> was like, Do you think there's some part of cheaty like is able to Who? reflect Cheedy from the good Josh. place? Josh. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Thank yeah. you, Josh, thank you. He, he's able to reflect onto him, like, this is a masochistic thing, like, why are you doing this? But he has no emotional bearing, and anytime she's around, he's like, a bad day, bad day. whereas the other guy's like, fuck it, like, you know, like, let her go, like, all these things. I found this movie so awesome, and it I think it is very telling that Chidi is an anthropologist. That's his, like, background and, like, what he wants. She's in the psychology department.
2: I I have a question, which might clear up some things for me. Are we led to believe that all three of those chuckleheads are in the anthropology department getting their PhDs? Yes. Like, Josh, I, I can get. Mark, how the fuck did he even get into school? And then Christian, like... Because Christian is getting his PhD. Right? He is, because they both they have this this competing thesis.
1: Uh, but maybe, the...
0: yeah, maybe the other guy. He was a creative writing major. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he works in HR now. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> well you know, He does to... not work in HR. He's a fucking engineer.
2: <laughs> so to yeah. something you mentioned, which actually, I, I, I kind of want to hear your guys' perspective, because in that opening scene, where they're all sitting around in the diner or restaurant or whatever, and they're talking about breaking up with her, the way they're talking about it, it felt like a very somewhat new relationship. Just just break up with her, man. Like, who the fuck cares? Just break up with her. And, like, later when we're in uh, the village, in the community, and they get asked how long they've been together, four fucking years.
1: Four years. Like, I think right? that
2: speaks volumes to, to how he viewed the relationship and how she viewed the relationship, yeah. you know? It's...
0: Well, and I think his friends are kind of justified to be like, "Dude, what the fuck? I'm done with you complaining about this." Like, it, granted, it's right before the events had happened. Like, yeah. honestly, yeah, he should have broken up with her. Oh, like, yeah, he should have broken up with yeah. her. If yeah. and and I'm sure his friends. We've all, well, yes, a lot of us have been in you know Danny's shoes. We've all been. We've Christian. also been that friend where you're like, I am so fucking done yeah i'm and coming to you as a, a friend
2: your person sucks yeah.
0: well i mean we <laughs> we've also been christian right where we're like we
1: feel bad to say no to someone there's really no no true villain
0: everyone is flawed i do think that there is a villain and i think this is a good segue yes not maybe not necessarily a villain but into our third character that we want to touch on and while he's kind of a minor character is Pele. Pele. Intentionally knows what is going on. Mm -hmm. He knows these people are going to die, but he is obviously, dare I say, brainwashed or, you know, because this is, I guess it's a cult, but it's a community, whatever the case may be. He was, he grew up in this community. He and his brother are tasked with bringing people to be sacrificed. Yeah. And also, he probably is like, yes, now that I found the May Queen too, because she doesn't have any family, where he's like, oh, my parents died. To, yeah. Or like, I'm really sorry. I remembered your birthday. Here's a picture. I think it was set up kind of from the beginning that she would be likely be the May Queen. But he knew what was going to happen to his "quote unquote" friends. Yeah. Granted, he, if I was friends with Christian, I'd kind of be like, "Eh, who's gonna miss you?" But yeah. no, I I love that you said that because Mark
1: <laughs> definitely Mark the villain here really is Pele he's in the know he's he's orchestrating this whole thing this is what they do right they go on their fucking like rumspringa and then they you know from 18 to 36 learn the world bring people in because these people are going to provide you with children so you're not doing incest and sacrifices
0: but this is also the community that saved him once his parents died so like he is also brainwashed it's a it's a Cyclical, systemic kind of thing, where like he is also. I'm not saying again, it's not an excuse, but he obviously is brainwashed, where he knows that this is the right thing you're supposed to do. When he goes on his rum spring, he's not, he's not like, oh fuck yeah, escaping or breaking Amish, escaping Amish, which is a great fucking. Oh yeah, when the girl gets new teeth and everything. Never mind, I digress.
2: (laughs) I was started thinking about when you mentioned it, and Pele, like we see him in these scenes, uh, in the beginning with, with the guys in the diner and then at the party, we don't hear him speak or he leans Mm -hmm. in until he finds out Danny's coming. And he even puts down his sketchbook and, and and like engages with the group or engages with Danny, but every other scene we've seen him in, he's sort of like there, but in the background, you know, he's just kind of like hanging back. And then the moment Danny shows up and says, she's coming, he puts his book down and yeah. speaks his first line. And then he drives sort of the rest of the film or not drives the film, but he drives the the plot of them.
1: Like he is really the one planting all the seeds to separate everyone. And, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, the elder said you can do this to this guy. And both of you know, like he's mm-hmm. he seems so predatory to me that Don't I'm you? that I'm actually now attracted to him. He's like,
2: yeah, it's like he's been bred, or not bred, but like you know, he's tri- He, he he's, these get these tri-
0: <laughs> If he cuts his hair
1: It's not the best
0: ba- I love it, I
1: love a man that looks like fucking, he's trying to be Jesus Like He uh, looks like he came off the set of A Knight's Tale He looks, it's <gasps> Wow, okay Um. <laughs> that was the most homophobic thing I've ever heard anyone say in a while, Alex Wow
0: <laughs> <laughs> So when I was much younger, I was having, you know, I was hooking up with this guy that had really long hair uh, and it kept getting in my face. And like, I remember joking afterwards. He also was very hairy down there. So it's similar. He, he probably made a lot of like pussy hair pies or pub hair pies. But I remember him <laughs> getting his hair getting in my face. And I don't know why I thought this was funny. I was like, if I had wanted <laughs> to have hair in my face, I would have been straight. Oh, of course. <laughs> Guess Saucy. Plot twist, it didn't work out. <laughs> um, Can I just okay. say, I don't
1: care what Paul says. If a man has long hair, I admire it.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Alex, I still think you're very attractive. You're not recovering from this. No, when Alex showed up, and his hair was longer as well, I in the theater department, everyone was like because the floor was flooded
1: yeah they all baked you some so some some pussy hair pie <laughs>
0: yeah. everyone was very
2: friendly in the theater department let's say that. wait is that
1: why there was a tsunami and fucking like <laughs> in asia a long time ago around that time because all the flooding that happened
0: when fucking alex walked in no because that was when he grew his hair out oh <laughs> kidding. so we have <laughs> We have, a, we have a running
2: joke, my wife and I, because when we met was when I had my long hair. It was the last time I had, my, I had grown my hair out uh, previous to this, this time during COVID. But I also, I was very single and was going through some, some you know, some, I was trying to find myself in my fashion and my style. And I also, I don't know if you remember this, Paul, because I, uh, I had grown out a goatee for a while, but then had shaved it. But I had two razor sharp mutton chops that literally went down to my chin Don't, I
0: will never forget that. Oh,
2: that was, I look back at pictures. I'm like, I have no idea how I got laid, but I somehow managed to.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's move on. Let's move on to our scenes. Yes. We have, I think we've done a lot of discussion about the opening scene. One thing I want to say, the only thing I want to say about this is from an acting perspective, Danny, when Christian goes over after her, after the event has happened, The wail that she lets out is so heartbreaking. And I didn't think about it until right this second. But if you've seen Hereditary, Toni Collette Mm -hmm. has a moment where she is wailing. And like, it's just so like guttural. It's just, it's just emotion. It's just raw emotion. And it could be done in a way that is
2: very theatrical, but it, she, she nails it.
0: Did you guys notice
1: at the beginning before we find out anything that's happened, they pan and we see a house, and it goes into her parents' bedroom, sleeping. On that picture of Danny, on that on the nightstand next to her mom that's sleeping, mm-hmm. the picture of Danny has the crown that she wears at the end of the film. No,
2: yeah, I didn't see that. Ah, oh. yep. see, this is why I say Ari Aster is the Wes Anderson of of horror movies or Taylor Swift. Or T-, or T. Swift. He, I mean, he provides such richness into the worlds he creates that, like, you have to look at details like that all the time.
1: I love that in film where, where, where you're literally watching everything because they, it's yeah. so thought out. Like, I don't do shit thought out. Are you fucking kidding me? The world's most reactive person. I don't think shit out. <laughs> so when I see someone that does it, I'm like, damn, bitch. Fuck
0: yeah. Like, do this. And then it was, you know, filmed obviously within a year. But I don't, like, how much time did he spend on this? You know, like, it was... He had actually been in a film festival in
1: Sweden, and as he was flying back is when he wrote the entire script. Stop. We're I know. on the plane? No, I'm lying. But, like, that would be cool. He <laughs> <laughs> <You> fucking joke. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it It took him the same amount of time it took
0: Beyonce to write Bootylicious. <laughs> I mean, both equal, both equal. Masterpieces. (laughs) Yeah. I will say one thing about his writing, and you can
2: see a trend with it, is like he writes very strong women characters, like both Tony Collette's character and and Florence's character, and writes these very sort of like hollowed, weak men. I I was reading, I forget when, an article, but like talking about, Tony Collette was talking about how much Hereditary was one of the hardest movies she had ever done, and not because it was like, unnerving or difficult to film, but Ari Aster the way he wrote these characters just naturally demanded so much of these actresses that they were just wiped by the end of it. You
1: know? Uh, front uh, hopefully front to back. Cause then they'll get an affection. <laughs> I mean depending on depending on how you do it. Right. I've heard a lot of talk of people asking if Ari Astor is gay just because of how he
0: writes women. I'd be more interested to know his relationship with his mother and Mm -hmm. his relationship with his father and see kind of the relationship dynamics that he saw growing up. I could see that maybe influencing it more Mm. than it's just being, well, yes, gay men, we have a tendency to, you know, closer to our mother. (laughs) So, you know, having a little bit more, you know, writing that, but at the end of the day, we are still men. But if you have exposure into seeing, like how your mo- how your mother was treated, how your father treated her, that is the example of what a relationship looks like. If if that makes sense. Yeah, and you know, with hereditary
1: and with this one, it really is like this woman is going through something very emotional, and the men tend to be very attached, detached from the woman's emotion and experience. And so, yeah, yeah like I, I, I wonder if that's that's something that
0: he saw next we go into okay her, the event has happened with her family and then she discovers that he's getting ready to go on this trip he's like oh but I, I totally told I told you I,
1: told I you said it was though. interested that's such a bro thing to do no offense Alex but you have long no. you have long hair so I don't think you're a bro he's a total bro hole like every
2: one of them they're like they are the worst type of dudes out there and it I kept commenting in my notes when I was watching it, like every fucking time. Like even like when Mark, he's like standing in this beautiful, open, amazing field and in, in the Swedish wilderness, just vaping, being like you know, looking around. They're all just chuds.
1: Such a prick. I part of me wants to be that girl from TikTok that's like, Christian, I apologize for not being your mother, because <laughs> they're all such pieces of shit. Oh yeah. my god.
0: <laughs> so she gets in so she gets invited she has a moment with with pele where he you know does you know he's like i know I've, I've heard about what's going on because she's taking a break from school she agrees to go she's at a party she kind of ha- starts to get anxiety and she goes into the bathroom and then it's the bathroom on the plane so and she's good like brilliant breaking down and uh, it's just brilliant it's
2: that it's that silent cry that's like when you're so grieve that you just like you cry no sound comes out
1: a lot of people that describe both grief and depression talk about a warp sense of time and one minute they'll be here then they kind of feel like they're there and so the fact that he cut through this way i was like what a way to be like mm-hmm. you know the suffering that she's going through is way more than what she's saying like it's actually Really affecting her sense of reality. That is, like, I love that. I thought that was so telling and beautiful.
2: That's the last scene we really have before they reach Sweden. And if you you kind of watch the film up to that point, all of the scenes are shot in somewhat sort of darker lighting. Like, mm-hmm. it's either nighttime or it's low-lit. And then when they finally arrive in Sweden, for the rest, it's like two hours left of the film everything is in broad daylight. It's this, like, this complete switch. Not to keep bringing it back to Hereditary, but it's such a juxtaposition to his, his, his previous film, which was almost all at nighttime or all in dark. It was very low-lit. To have a horror film pretty much be in broad daylight the entire time.
0: So they get there, and of course, you know, when you're in college, and the first thing you're going to do when, it's, when you're nice and in the wilderness is they start doing mushrooms. Like, they haven't even unpacked. And they're like, "All right, who's ready to who's ready to do this?" Where the
1: fuck did they park the car? They just
0: like literally left it in the middle of a field. Well, also, I want to know like this community also has a pharmacy full of different type of psychedelic drugs that are in many different forms. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, because we interesting. Let,
2: let's let's count them
0: because they have they have mushrooms uh,
2: during the the, the 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 May Queen ceremony. They have like this dandelion tea. Then they have uh, a smoked inhalant that he gets, the yes. Christian gets wafted with. Then there's some it's like weird, Viagra this. Yeah. Then there's like crushed up something that they blow in his face and he shits his pants and collapses. And, you know, like they have just a cornucopia of uppers, downers, laughers, screamers.
1: The The, the one that they put in his face, I heard the name of it. It's actually just like a ground up leaf. And it, Those are poppers, Pablo. Those are just poppers. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's it's, it's a it, it's, it's so dope. It's an
0: actual drug, and you, you just like grind up the leaf and then blow it in people's face, and they're just like paralyzed for like two days. Like in Batman and like in Batman and Robin, where Poison Ivy has that stuff that she blows in people's faces. Do you
1: yeah. I don't remember, but whoa! Oh my god, Uma Thurman should have been in this film then. Yeah, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would have been a choice. He he would he should he should,
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> should have played Maya. <laughs> so anyway, so they go on. They shroom. She has a bad trip. She sees herself like the uh, grass is kind of growing out of her hands, which I think is also I think foreshadowing again that oh for sure she's coming she's coming here
2: yeah.
0: I'm happy. Is-
1: I'm happy she found the harga. I'm happy. I'm good for her. You know what? This is the this is the genre of film that is called the good for her film. I'm into it. Good for her. I like you, Danny. I don't care. Slay
0: queen. Slay queen. Slay,
1: Slay may queen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright. Now next moving on. So they shroom and then they're, you know, they meet they go and they have a tour of the place. They go into that giant bunk bunker where they're staying in and again more foreshadowing of like where people are sleeping the plot is painted on the walls and then there's that wall of all of those whole may the queens. queens so what i was curious about i uh, and i guess r.a astro talked about this so that sacrifice only takes place every 90 years but there is a ritual every year but it no one dies but Oh, I don't know about the people that are 72. That's an open question. But the, that's why there's all mm-hmm. those pictures of the May Queens. Yeah. Which also, it's like, where's who's the one from last year? Yeah. Where? Uh, what happened to all the May Queens?
2: Were they all outsiders? Were they all people who joined into the community? Or were they, some of them, like, people who have already been there and they just kind of won the, the endurance contest of the, the Maypole?
0: Dance? I think... I think it would have to be a mixture because otherwise, like eventually, and that's what he had said. He's like, because if we if people have been sacrificed every year versus every ninety years, uh, people are gonna know. So I would imagine that there have to be internal (laughs) make internal may queens, and also because you know there would have been one bitch in there who, like, if it was already planned that the outsider was gonna be the may queen, that she'd be like, "Fuck that, fuck that bitch!" Like she's an outsider. I'm not gonna fall down. They did say, yeah they they
1: they did say in the so the life of the Haraga is like told in force four parts right then mm-hmm. 18 to 36 you leave and you leave and explore the world and find yourself and it seems like the may queens are young so i'm pretty sure a lot of them have left and then like 36 to 54 you come back and you work there and you build it and then fifty four to seventy two is the winter, right? And then you're you're done. And then at seventy two, you have to kill yourself. When we think about
2: it in like societal terms, to think that life ends at seventy two is such like a it's flabbergasting. But you know, like from a perspective of a society, like if you were you know a self sustaining functional society, it it's like sense. yeah,
0: it makes sense. Well, yeah. After seventy two, how are you going to contribute? My mom is seventy two years old, and she owns so it she but I'm, she owns her own business and she works like like way too much and she so like seventy two you know things are getting younger seventy
1: two is the new thirty six we're not asking her to jump off a cliff no <laughs>
2: that
0: scene the, is it at at stupa or at a stupa at a stupa. This is when I feel like even before they go there even that like dinner and everything or that lunch, I would have been like. This is a cult. This feels Jones but thank you. Well, there's something as we're uh, uh,
2: approaching that scene, there's one scene which really foreshadows like the weight of it. Uh, when they're about to go to bed the night before and, and Pele says something to the effect of tomorrow's the big day. Like tomorrow's the big one. And Josh asks, well, what's tomorrow? And he says the estupa and Josh is the only one who knows what that is. And he goes, you're serious. Yeah, and they're like, is it is it bad? He goes, you'll see. And just lies down. Like,
1: Yeah, he doesn't want to tell them. He's like, okay. And like, uh, duh, like fucking Paula Cole and Adrian Brody are going to jump off a fucking cliff. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hate Where have all the horses gone? She's going to go find them.
0: I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't see it. Oh my god. I don't want to wait for <laughs> <laughs> their lives. They don't want to wait for lives to be over. They're gonna do it themselves. Josh is also a flawed character, too. Everyone's like, what is it? And he's like, oh, you'll see. Basically, I uh, what an what a stupid. it's a mythical practice. So like elderly were expected to sacrifice for the good of the village, maintaining efficiency. Also, they're supposed to be seventy two. Am I the one that thinks they look way older than seventy two? Well, no offense to either one of you, but they're
1: white and yeah, they no, that, that's that skin doesn't age well in the sun. And when you have sun up until like midnight, like Yeah, I mean they 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 know. were
2: modern to a sense, but you know they weren't you know they weren't SPFing through those summer oh, hell rituals. No.
1: Well with
0: all those fucking mushrooms? No. <laughs> they're just laying there like, Ugh, Right? Basically, older people kill themselves. I don't know if it's as dramatic as jumping off of a fucking cliff.
2: I think there is the in in the in the in the Nordic uh, traditions, uh, it was believed that they did do that, but no 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 modern recorded incident of that ever happening. But but like you know, Vikings and the Nordic uh, culture, it was believed that they did that. But
1: um, I know I, I heard that I. There was like a, a tribe in like Papua New Guinea who their elder at elders up to a certain point would leave the tribe and just go somewhere and then as they would just die on their own. Um, but like at some point they leave. They they, they wouldn't like make a drama like these are some gay people, like making a dramatic exit, like bye bitch,
0: and like, ugh. I can't, like, a literal death drop. Like, they fucking, you know. They have that whole ceremony where they're doing shots, the whole, like, however they're doing their shots. Uh, and then they carry them away. I would have loved that song to be playing the entire time.
1: Everybody! Shots, shots, shots. And they go,
0: and then they die. <laughs> and everyone's kind of like, the uh, you know, the people we're following, particularly Simon and Connie, which I love them. They're like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? we see them like putting their blood on these like tombstones and then just slowly start walking out. And I don't know about you guys, but I would have absolutely been like Simon to come be like, wait, what, 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 what?
1: Yeah. Uh -uh." So she falls first, crushes it,
2: does a great job.
1: Yeah. Oh God.
2: She gets, she gets a (laughs) nine out of 10 from the judges. She
1: does. I mean, she sticks the landing. Yeah. Like she, she, she's no fucking, uh, Tanya Harding, alright? She's fucking <laughs> Surya Bonnelly right here. She just like, whoa, looks so graceful doing it. And then like her face is off and she just like
0: flutters out back down to the floor. Like if you see those videos of people like putting watermelons between like their thighs and crushing watermelons, <laughs> it's kind of what her face looks like.
1: Then fucking Sweden Adrian Brody decides to go fucking right to the corner and does it. Yeah. But it catches a corner, like a oh and he just breaks his leg
0: he pencil dives he he pencil dives
2: so one of my favorite things in horror movies is gore and like Mm -hmm. i'm talking like special effects gore like you know you even touched upon it uh in your texas chainsaw massacre episode like there is so much great gore in horror movies these i mean there are there there has been for a long time but like the technology that we have for like physical special effects and gore i am like such a fan of and this scene was so fucking violent and brutal to see like when the camera pans over his shattered legs (gasps) just twitching like a little baby
1: bird and (laughs) literally this scene is so good when i have sex with my partner i play this scene on loop for an hour (laughs) nope 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 we're gonna edit that one out <laughs> don't embarrass him
2: <laughs> but how fucked is this whole ceremony that like this guy this poor bastard eats it on the way down is still alive and they takes 25 minutes to march over to him just to
0: smash his head like gallagher in a live concert i mean i would maybe feel differently if it was like i don't know Marjorie Taylor Greene and like I would have been there with popcorn and be like jump bitch, Faster! do it again do it again, you know what, let's throw her down <laughs> yeah, they're waiting with the mallet obviously people have not completely died before but people are like, yes, I want to do it, I want to do it I want to do it, and- I wonder who those people, like are
1: they his children, are they you know i mean everyone's mm, like that's a
2: that's a really interesting question which also i you know not to get off on a tangent but there's something that i've i enjoy about this movie and movies of this style um in terms of the writing is that like they give you just enough to understand the world but they don't give you all the answers so you're sitting there as an audience member like what does this mean you know like why are all these symbols significant why is this uh <clears throat> ceremony significant you know like every little detail that that they put in there was very carefully crafted but we don't know all the answers which makes it even that much more unnerving because you're like why the fuck is this
1: existing? yeah well i mean like was it was it like the uber driver that drove him there and she's like i guess i have to do this to get
0: my fucking tip like you're like what is this but the but the british people have the right reaction where they're like fuck this i'm out Do you think that's
1: the right reaction yeah
0: pop you saying you your ass wouldn't have been out of there. I would have been like, sorry, I gotta go I have to go to the bathroom. Um, no, I,
1: I, I, I would actually say they the problem that they're doing is they're viewing it from their their lens of their culture and they talk about like they themselves met on like this commune. they talk about doing all these things but the reality of the matter is when it comes to communities that live like this, they cannot actually respect the community and be like, this is how they do things. The woman tells them, this is a great honor for us. Like, I may not do it for myself. I may not choose to do this. And I I could be like, you know what? I will respect you instead of making a scene. Because once you make it a scene, you it's very ethnocentric, right? It's very about your
0: culture as being the right one. I, I would step out and be like, that's what i'm saying because i would be too scared i'm not saying i'm going to throw a scene i'm just saying internally I'd be like i'm out i'm out i'm out i'd be too scared to, to make a scene i would be out but danny i
1: think is the one that had the best where she's like oh and like you know I, I i felt this scene was about her confronting death because she just had to deal with it and she was never given an opportunity to mourn properly to do anything because her you know her boyfriend and his friends are like they just like shut it down right away so now she has to confront it so she had the best of like oh shit and she just kind of goes down and shuts her eyes like and christian tells her we put our
0: old people in homes that's probably super monstrous to them you know yeah yeah but christian's also an asshole and spoiler alert they end up getting murdered by the rest of this fucking cult for sure, but like they don't know that at this time that that's going to happen,
1: you know. Like ev- everyone does its own things. Like I, I will say, like one of the reasons why people were very adamant, like the Spaniards were very adamant of like murdering and converting the Aztec and the Mayans, stuff like that, because they did practice ritual sacrifice. You know, it was their way of thinking, like we are one with God. We are doing all these things. So then when we come back and we say we want to get more in touch with traditional beliefs and the earth and communities you can't necessarily pick and choose and be like you're doing it wrong when you're confronted by one of them who's doing it a specific way
0: I'm not gonna say I'm gonna like tell them that they're doing it wrong I'm just saying I'm out
1: no 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 yeah but the the British couple were doing that they they were very like this is fucking crazy you guys are fucking crazy. Yeah. They were
0: very disrespectful culturally. Okay. So yes, maybe, maybe disrespectful objectively, but at the same time, I think that they had we see different types of human responses and they have what I think would not be a not normal risk. Resp- like, I think that it's fair for people to be freaked out by this yeah. and, and leave. So like, while they're, yes, I, like it, it you know can, uh, is objectively disrespectful. Also in that moment. You will be so freaked out if you see someone jump off a clip. You're not necessarily calm enough to be able to think that they have. I feel like what is a very natural response, and and they want to get out of there. Yes, their tactic may have been, you know, disrespectful to that community. However, I think that they're having a very normal human response. No, I was like mm-hmm. Christian being like so straight faced about it, being like, Meh. Mm. I'm I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying like they're
1: they didn't come to this community to be respectful of the traditions of this community they came to exploit it this is the scene that also like makes it a big makes it known that's very outsiders non-outsiders and the outsiders are making it a point to be outsiders the only one that really wasn't was danny and it kind of starts to set like down like the groundwork for She is going to be a part of this. This is where she actually finds her identity and herself.
2: I 100% agree with that. Yeah, that's a great point. That's all I'll say. No,
1: I would be freaked out. Are you fucking kidding me? If I saw, (laughs) if I saw some, I would be like, uh, what the fuck? But I would be like, I'm just going to turn around and like excuse myself, but I'm not gonna grab people and shake them and be like, "You're murderers," because like, that's what the guy was doing. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's
0: what he was doing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I would be too scared to do that. I would just be kind of like sidestepping, like, "This is fun. I have to go to the bathroom." <laughs> this is but... fun. <laughs> Probably be trying to make the best. My of My God. It. Oh my God. You know what? <laughs> or I'd be like, or I'd be like, yeah, do another one. Fucking jump, yeah. jump, <laughs> jump, <laughs> I jump, say... jump. Crisscross will make you jump.
2: I, I don't know. I'll be tripping balls, talking shit. Who's next? <laughs> I know,
0: right? For real. Or
1: I'd just be like, I don't know what to do. Let's fuck them.
0: <laughs> yes. So while Connie and Simon are trying to leave, I we you see a lot of like a lot of shit starts happening very quickly
1: so our favorite boyfriend christian decides that he's gonna do his thesis on the harga which pisses chidi from the good place off so the whole entire time that we're there like chidi from the good place is trying to fucking look at the book that weird like bible that they have he finally gets permission to go see it and he's like asking about it and looking about it and like figuring out like so how does it get written? What is this? And we find out that this community has an oracle. And the oracle is a deliberate product of inbreeding. Which they point out. And they're like,
2: we allow this. Yeah. It was just, but not specifically, because he asks about inbreeding and they say, oh, it has to be approved by the elders. But this guy over here, yeah, yeah, he's good to go. No, yeah, he
1: he's he's good to go. I was like, all right, okay, so. And this poor little elephant man who looks like he has the worst beasting ever. I swear to God. I was like, okay, you know what? I've seen those lips on the housewives. Like, we get it, you know? So you're oh, trying. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just too much injectables. Plus, they give him a flock of seagulls haircut, too. Like, this poor guy. I know. And I ran so far the- away ed- once I saw that haircut. <laughs> the whole, this whole little fucking town of, I don't know. I'm going to call this town Roseville. No, you're not going to do that. So Swedish Roseville is like so
0: Why Roseville? What? Because you, you keep
1: shitting on the desk. Sweet Swedish Rosebud.
0: No, but I'm not from I'm not from Roseville.
1: Whatever. You went to school right at wait, no, Folsom.
0: I didn't go to school in Folsom either. Where'd you go
1: to school? Rockland? I
0: went to high school in El Dorado Hills. Okay,
1: Swedish El Dorado Hills decide <laughs> they all know.
0: They all know well, that, 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 like, what's gonna happen. Like, they're all in on this. Like, come on, this is so. probably you're being so disrespectful to their culture. This is very ethno, uh, ethnophobic of you.
1: Ethnocentric. <laughs> to who? Eldorado Hills. <laughs> or?
0: No, to, to this <laughs> to this culture. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. as as a person of color in the United States, I want to apologize to all Northern European ancestry people right now and say I'm sorry for. R- White race racism, God. Is, does that make you feel better, Paul? Do you feel better now? Do you feel better? No, because I
0: don't. No, no, I don't think you're being racist. I just think you're not being respectful to their culture of suicide and sex and incest. It's like Alabama. God, it's, like, get, it sounds <laughs>
1: like he's talking about my <laughs> growing up in my parents' house.
0: <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. So with the oracle, the oracle is also known for. Or supposed to be drawing in, you know, parts of this incomplete, like, uh, biblical manuscript, effectively for sure. for that community, and they intentionally say like because you know this is ever evolving, so we always have an inbred person that's going to be doing this because they have clear sight. But when they introduce this earlier, Josh asks if he can take a picture of it, and they're like, hell no. So we get the only night scene where Josh sneaks out. He goes to take a picture mark had been lured away by you know some <laughs>
2: some some scandinavian floozy or norwegian floozy
0: gotcha. and then norwegian floozies. josh josh is in there taking pictures and then mark walks in who we think is mark but it's actually not mark it's someone wearing mark's skin he gets ki- and then josh gets killed
2: which is a brutal kill too because not only does he get smacked in the head with a hammer but the camera just sits there on him while he's like laying face down on the car, on the floor, bleeding, moaning, and then gets dragged out. Yeah. There's not a like, there's not a lot of violence in this film, but the violence that's there is graphic.
0: <laughs> I think it's definitely worse in the, in the director's cut, which I've seen before. So
2: I've you mentioned this earlier and I kind of wanted to bring it up because I, one, love, as I've mentioned violence gratuitous violence and gore in horror films uh to get an nc-17 rating is kind of a big deal
0: yeah and
2: to cut 30 minutes out to to go from nc-17 to r what the fuck did they cut out was there like scenes in the orgy that like we missed was there like did they show him christian getting stuffed into the
0: bear like what happened what did we miss I can't remember because I've seen it before, but that also speaks volumes about me. <laughs> if I'm like obviously it wasn't traumatizing enough. <laughs> I've watched Weirder Porn. The bong resin in your head right now. <gasps> oh is my just
1: god. Cool. <laughs> you guys need to look at the porn where the guy gets fisted and then all of a sudden he craps out a bowl of spaghetti. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> onto a, onto another guy <laughs> who's waiting <laughs> under him and eats it. That what?
2: brings whole new meaning to uh-oh, spaghettios. <laughs>
1: Chef Boyardee, you know? Oh For real. God. Like, I mean, is is it like that?
0: Is the NC-17 rating like that? I don't... No, I don't remember. But also, actually, Alex, do you remember we used to watch... Like, uh, the whole theater department? we'd watch weird porn. Remember, like, the one where the guy sticks his balls in the girl's an ass? And, like... And then he pulls them out, and it's like... And he says, "Booya!"
2: <gasps> All right, Bailey Bixby. I don't know what part of your talking. I about. love that.
0: I love that. <laughs> it was good. And then there was... Never mind. We'll talk about that. Oh this my one. god. <laughs> go online by Death by, by Horsecock. <laughs> I
1: saw that one where the girl, like, it's that uh horse porn blooper.
0: No, but it's a guy that gets fucked by it. That's a guy that yeah, gets that's fucked that,
2: that the Mr. Hands, yeah. He was a guy from Boeing.
1: He was from Seattle. There's a documentary about that whole thing called Get the Zoo. Fuck. Out. It is one so of the most so traumatic
2: wild. days of my life. Was getting fucked was, by a horse? No. Uh, I. <sighs>
1: Was that the sound the horse made?
2: <laughs> That's what he said. Uh, no, a friend of mine, one morning, I used to live with uh, an old buddy of mine who who had a knack for Googling the worst things in the world. And in one morning, he made me watch Two Girls, One Cup, Mr. Hands, and the BME Pain Olympics. Which, Ooh. if you've ever seen the BME Pain Olympics, apparently it's fake, thank God. But it's one of the most graphic, disgusting things I've ever seen. And he made me yeah. watch those three in a row.
0: Oh my God. I, I remember, Pablo, we'll, we'll do a mini episode on that. Uh, on that oh, Mr. Hands. I'm <laughs> <Well, no, the, laughs> no, no, my That's a horror my, movie in itself.
1: My friend and I used to watch bestiality porn bloopers. Okay, no. Okay, all right. <gasps> the girl gets kicked in the stomach by the horse and dies the next day. Shut the fuck up. It's wild anyway oh my
0: god so that's our patreon back present. to <laughs> Midsummer. um i'll never forget i'll never forget after the first time seeing two girls one cup because that's when this whole thing kind of started and then calling my best friend jackie and being like what are you doing right now and she's like <laughs> she's like I'm, I'm just home i was like i need you to get on your computer but stay on the phone with me type 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 this website in Stay on the phone with me, <laughs> just being like, because I wanted to hear. She's like, "What's wrong with you, Paul?" i like,
1: "Funny IMDb fact of Two Girls One Cup: Two Girls One Cup <laughs> is the trailer to a full length hour and a half or two hour film
0: called Hungry Bitches. <laughs> it's a documentary. <laughs> it's a Christian documentary." <laughs> About world hunger.
1: Exactly. That's the movie that led to diners, drive-ins, and discos, or whatever. It was the prequel to Eat, Pray, Love.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> love it. Okay, so let's move on. I we're you know not gonna be able to hit every single scene, but I, one of the biggest ones, probably the best part of the the like best love story, which happens within this uh, movie, it's actually. Graphically shown in the very beginning because they walk past the another tapestry that they're like, oh, this is a love story, and it shows mm-hmm. a you know a guy and a girl, and then they show it shows her cutting off her brown pubic hair, and then I think peeing into a, and then well, and menstruating into a menstruating, which uh, in the scene it. where Christian eats
2: the 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 bush pie, his glass is a different color than everyone else's, Everyone is, else thinking, leads us to yeah, yeah, it leads us to believe oh. that she menstruated into his. His beverage.
0: Talk about a, talk about a Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you know, it's brunch, you know? Mimosas and bloodies. Thank yeah. you. That's so good. He's out. <laughs> Tangy. Gross. <laughs> Backing up, we do see the pie being created because she cuts off her pubes and puts it in this meat pie. The worst meat pies in London. Uh, <laughs> and it, then it's served to him and he's eating it. You see him pull this pube out I think Mark is like, is that a pew? Is that a
2: pew? Pu- well, the best part is is that he doesn't even like get grossed out. Everyone else is grossed out. He just sits there and inspects it. He's like, yes, yes, this is puby. Very nice, Maya. Good job. You can tell like, the whole time leading up to this that he's like, he's just kind of going with it.
1: Oh, he's into it. He's he, he's, yeah. he's got a wandering eye.
0: He's oh, got absolutely. Eye. Yeah.
2: From the moment she kicks him in that one scene... To feeding him her pubes, to like
1: yeah, he's trying escorting to... him. He knows what's going. Yeah, on. he's trying to. He's like, I'm an interior decorator. I want to see do the drapes match the carpet,
0: baby. That's him, right? There. So she serves him, you know, his pie. We later learn that there is this whole ritual that happens. It happens simultaneously with with the May Queen segment, which we'll talk about. But what happens is he's pulled into a, another room. And basically told, guess what? You're gonna fuck Maya, who I hope is of some sort of age that is above 18. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so she's he's pulled in and basically told you're gonna fuck her. After kind of being drugged, he's given some like dry ice slash poppers. Dry <laughs> ice walks into a room that is a horror movie in and of itself all these naked ass women singing you know three-part harmony moaning and maya's there.
2: most awkward sex scene ever the best part about that that whole scene is like he can't he can't stop himself like you can see in his face that he's drugged and like he's been manipulated to to do this but he keeps going even when what is clearly Maya's mother who she reaches out to also butt naked and then starts singing in his face while he's humping her daughter and then like like square in the eye staring at his with his now like weird
1: mother-in-law just banging away and then his Maya's grandma comes and he like starts pushing on his butt yeah what the Imagine if all of you lost your virginity, surrounded by your family, and they were helping the other person along to fuck you. What? I'd rather not. I'd yeah. rather not. It's a... I get it. The closer the kin, the deeper it goes in. But, like, for real, like, this isn't happening. <laughs> no. I love this scene. Not the sex aspect of it. But, okay, so... Um, the way it's filmed. Well, Dan yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tasteful. Danny has just won <laughs> May Queen, and one of the things that we've seen throughout the the Harga, they have a tendency to scream when something happens as a group, mm-hmm. and so in what well, what happens is Danny goes and she like peeks through and sees the sex happening that her boyfriend is cheating on her, and I think it's like the camel or the straw that broke the camel's back. She just can't it's handle absolute, it.
2: It's- she, it's the visible betrayal that she finally sees exactly. where she you know everything i feel like you're absolutely right uh, leading up to that point she suspect, she even says uh at the beginning in it it well there the, the scene with the meat pie at the at the dinner table because they ask about connie and, and simon and the guy chimes in and says oh i saw them like you know oh he drove to the train station mm-hmm. and she followed and blah 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 and she says I would. I could see. Like I, could he, see I can't believe that. he left her. I could see you doing that. Yeah. Like, and this is the moment where she, all her suspicions and all her 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 gut instinct comes to fruition, and she sees him fucking that chick, and she just lo- breaks down. She just loses
1: it. Everything. It's the culmination of everything that she's experienced. Mm-hmm. Everything that like the abandonment of society. Right. The abandonment uh. of the world. She's all alone. She runs. All the women surround her, and they l- literally feel her pain with her. They express something that she has never experienced, which is empathy. It's the first time she's she has people supporting her. Yeah. I, I actually thought it was a beautiful scene. It's a very touching scene. Now she has this community of people. She just won May Queen. You know, so she has proof that she's pretty. No, I'm just kidding. But she just <laughs> won May Queen. This community of people, is not only just embracing her and celebrating her, but when she experiences something and feels pain, they feel it along with her. Which is what they did when that man fell and didn't die. Exactly. They were yeah. expressing his pain and feeling it as their own because they're a they're connected. They're a community. Yeah. And that is when every, she is a hundred percent in.
2: I think I think so. Well, I you know I, I'll disagree on that. Just I don't think she's a hundred percent in, but I think she's she's been convinced that that mm. these that these are her people, you know, because she does have a moment towards the end when which we'll get to where yeah. the, there is some you can see some hesitation. Yeah. But and, and you know, like both of you are performers, so I th- I think you both can relate. But this scene was so not. I mean, it was gut wrenching, but it was so physical and so it, you it was almost like a like a like an acting exercise you know like a viewpoints or something where it's just like everyone was moving at the same time and reacting at the same time and that
0: <sighs> it was very meisner yeah very meisner you, technique yeah uh, the meisner technique rep- repetitions yeah uh, which if, it's a i it's an acting method uh made by sandy meisner where a lot of the exercises are you'll say like i'm scared and then the other person, your partner will be, be like, you're scared. So there's a lot of like shared and then it's just repetitive.
2: It's all about before. reacting off each other and being like in, in simpatico. And you could tell yeah. that all these actresses had had rehearsed this, but done it in a way that was very organic and visceral. And, you know, it was...
1: Even as a viewer, you feel oh, it. Yeah. You feel the oh, energy. Yeah. You may not feel her pain but you feel the intensity of the energy and you could go into breath. And yeah, it's so well done. But like, imagine having gone through what she has gone through. And then these people, they're not judging you and they're not making it about themselves, but they're experiencing it with you. They have put themselves to be there with you. Well, it's the first time she's felt community
2: in, in this story. Well, so there's a very interesting thing about this point in the film. Um, from that, from basically the moment that Christian enters the the orgy tent or the orgy hut, mm-hmm. there's no spoken dialogue for the rest of the film. It's about twenty five minutes of strictly there's no dialogue.
0: I didn't even notice film. that. Wow. Yeah. They well, there there is they a little bit when up. they when they explain at the very end. You're right, the... uh, but true, the... very true. But 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 for the majority of it, it's all just like. Im-
2: action, action, emoting, just like, just this visceral sort of like,
0: and it tells so much. So we move on Christian. Uh, he comes and then he freaks out and he runs out. It was, it was Jack Rayner's idea for him to be naked. I
1: love that idea too. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's brilliant. Perfect,
0: Cause it shows yeah. vulnerability. Exactly. It was the act. And that was the actor's idea.
2: Yeah. It was his point to say like, there are too many, too many like women that are exploited in films that are like naked or half naked yeah. that come out, you know, feeling ashamed and stuff. He was like, no, it's, 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 it's our turn. Mm-hmm.
0: There's one other small detail.
1: Don't, sh- don't shame him on his penis size. <laughs> on his dick there, <laughs> there's like a cool.
0: red, there's like a little bit of like red spot or something. And Shut the be, fuck yeah, up. Uh-uh. One, because she's a virgin. Yeah, Cause she's a virgin. Oh, oh is there really? I didn't notice that. I mean, no, I thought That's it was nail weird. polish because he was like, <laughs> "Let's do this." So moving, so <laughs> she wins the May queen. He discovers a lot of dead bodies, particularly the blood eagle, which I think this is also mythical, but it was a form of Nordic like torture where they break your rib cage open and they peel your li- your lungs back because mm-hmm. he's technically still alive.
1: Yeah, because you can see the lungs still breathing. Apparently, the blood eagle there's. There's record like people have talked about it in stories, but there's no actual recording of it ever happening because I don't think that it's possible.
2: Yeah, medically, I don't think. I mean, you could remove someone's lungs that way, but they would not be alive. They need they need the compression of the exactly, and plus, like the
1: shock of like ripping them open, I think would just kill someone.
2: Yeah. It's still a pretty badass. Scene, like,
0: I mean, let's try it. It's like, very like QAnon. It's very QAnon. I, I'm waiting for again Marjorie Taylor Greene to come out and be like, "This is what Florida gay teachers are doing to exactly, our children." Exactly. This is why
1: we don't talk about the gays, y'all. I know, right? She's like libs. All all libs want to do is the fuck babies eagles. and suck their blood. Yeah. yeah
0: fuck her, the man. only time they want to say they believe in science. Can I be controversial? Right. Are you saying here? that's not science? I mean, I'm pretty sure everything I've read on the internet's true.
1: Well, everyone knows it's true. It wouldn't be on the internet if it wasn't true. Thank you. Okay. Well, validation. But I'm just okay. going to say something really controversial here. Oh, God. Fuck Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's an. Ugh.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah, fuck her not, her like yeah. yeah. Fuck her in her fucking face. That's controversial. Fuck her. Fuck Marsha Blackburn. Fuck Dixon. Oh, fuck stick fans, all their Ted faces. Cruz. Fucking...
1: God, what
2: a. Like, he. Ugh. He is the Christian of real-life politics. Oh, I wish he was that nice. If we could put Ted Cruz in a fucking bear suit and burn him alive, I'd be totally fine.
1: But I'd feel bad for the bear.
2: <laughs> I know. That's one of my notes. Okay, we've never talked about it. They literally walk by that bear in a cage, and they say, so are cute. we going to ignore the bear? And they do ignore the bear. I was so upset by that. Yeah. I can handle a lot of things in horror movies. Animal cruelty, animal cruelty, child... child uh, you know uh, hurting abuse abuse thank you child hurting I like words I like words and 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 rape those are like my three bugaboos like I can't deal with them
1: yeah I can't
0: deal with animal cruelty like I, I just can't That's... no um the bears just like chilling and also the bear is in like a not well put together wooden cage and it's like no uh... it's a very small cage this is not yogi bear. And but it would also just break out. It's a fucking bear,
2: and it's it's a big bear. That is a brown bear. Yeah. Okay. And if we're talking about the bear family.
0: Uh, it's probably drugged because they literally have every other pharmaceutical that's that's drug. That's true. That's true. We yeah. forgot.
2: Poor bear. Hunter S. Thompson runs this commune and <laughs> keeps everyone very well Hunter
1: S. Thompson and Donald Trump Jr.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just really need to quickly wrap this up so yeah so yeah, yeah so tldr which pablo just learned what tldr means uh recently but too long don't rim didn't read oh didn't read <laughs> sorry <laughs> the may queen ultimately is allowed to select a final sacrifice each harga each 90 years they have nine sacrifices that they need to make four of them are from outsiders uh four of them are uh from the internal commune uh which is the two old people and then the two volunteers. Mm-hmm. And then the mate queen gets to choose one. She gets to choose one after they play this weird ass game of bingo and they have a ball pop up that has one of the members' names. And she has to choose between Christian and the and the other guy. Christian is in a vegetative, like catatonic state, uh, where he obviously can hear everything, but he can't process. And they're like, You need to choose one. And she clearly chooses Christian. Christian.
1: With Christian, she's seriously like, I'm leaving everything that I've known. Like, I am now. You're, you're right. She was convinced, but this is when she's, I'm 100% in. Mm-hmm. I'm a hariga now. Which is great
2: because, like, she doesn't even give an acknowledgement to it. We just cut to the next scene where they're, like, preparing the bear carcass and there's that weird, you know scene with the, the the i guess you want to call him a surgeon who's instructing children how to remove organs from this bear and they wheel fucking christian in still you know drugged yeah. up and then and they're like all right
1: stick him in yep just suit him up zip him in and right trick or treat oh did you guys notice he- that mark the asshole guy that pees on the thing his they put a a jester's hat on mm-hmm.
0: him. We talked about it earlier. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> wow. Well, we label we la- we we call name. them the Joker, the Jester. But but it's it's true. Like they,
1: because <laughs> he is the fool, and they manhandle his corpse a little bit more. They're like, Ugh. oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
2: they 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 kind of toss him aside, and then the rest of them they place the bodies very carefully, yeah. and you know, very what? very almost ceremoniously place them. And him, they're just like, yeah, there you go, dickhead.
0: One thing with Connie, uh, you learn actually more about it in the director's cut. This was one of the things I do remember. She was drowned, and it, it, she's wearing this like coat that a kid who was like almost drowned. It's kind of hard to explain, but you learn that the way she died was by drowning. Yeah, they make like a scarecrow out of which Simon, one of the characters, which there's a, there's a picture of the scarecrow from the uh from the wizard of oz and one of the scenes in Pele's, or that apartment they're in in the back on top of the refrigerator there's a picture of the scarecrow from wizard of oz Huge. and then there's another scarecrow uh stuffed animal in a like later in that scene too oh interesting but oh, and then they also have the two people and they're the volunteers they set that fucking house on fire and they're like it's fine it's fine like we're doing this for a cut. and then they get caught on fire and they're just like, <laughs> Remake. yeah and well, then
1: everyone outside actually starts screaming once they start mm-hmm. screaming and danny also starts she's like ah she starts
2: coughing and yeah yeah she yeah
1: actually and like, that gorgeous that gorgeous balenciaga like coat
2: uh did you re- did, did you know that ariana grand tried to buy that outfit for On like it, yeah. 68 million dollars or something and got outbid by someone
0: i have a fun fact about that i i a twenty four. After this movie, they did an auction, so they wouldn't sell it to, to Ariana Grande, and they sold that piece for sixty five thousand. They had an auction, and all the proceeds went to. They sold the hammer, the dress, uh, and a few other things, and that all went to the. Uh, I believe it was the New York Fire Department. Oh, nice. nice, that's cool. Good for them. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: So, well, th- I guess we've reached that moment, but that that end scene where she's like. Everyone's convulsing and screaming, and she's coughing and like losing it. And she looks up and has that like ghastly look on her face. And then we cut away one more moment and come back. And it's just that
1: smile, well, it's, it's cathartic. It's the perfect. Well, oh, it, is, is, isn't that what fire represents new beginnings? Like it, yeah, extinguishes Destru-
2: and destruction and then new beginnings. Yeah. And speaking uh, of.
0: Speaking of fire, another fun fact. Are you going to talk about Maya's crotch again? <laughs> no, but I can. I can. But what I was going to say was that in the very beginning, when she's calling her parents and she's leaving the leaving a voicemail to be like, hey, I'm worried about, you know, sister, I don't know if you guys are fighting. The answering machine says you reach the ardors. That is the Latin word for fire. Ooh. Ari Aster thought about booking everything. Right?
2: That's what I'm talking about. The man has got layers. Like an onion. That's uh,
1: um, I feel like I've gone on a journey. Damn. Well, then, That. that's it. All right. So now, let's go, um, Alex. Yes. What's your anal, sis?
2: My anal, sis. Well, uh, I think this is a Berlin film. Um... There's so many layers to it. Like I wouldn't say it's it is a horror film, but it's not a horror film. It's a it's a epic breakup story with horror elements. But the layers that Ari Aster lays into it, and I I I, I told Paul this. One of the things I love about ariaster is the the mythology, the, like the the you know the depth that he puts into the stories he's created and granted he's only made two films, but they are two films with so much depth and so much like thought that goes into not only the character development, but the, the, the story and how he evolves, you know, the worlds that he creates. It's captivating. And the fact that there's some epic brutality in this film just fucking smashed faces and oh. you know people being put in bear suits you know the, the the two films he's created they always start off with a great tragedy and then ramp up from there and when you see that tragedy you say how can it get worse than this and every time he ups the ante which I think is you know makes a brilliant horror film
0: Paul? similarly to it you know alex said uh, i wouldn't call this a scary movie i would call this a disturbing mm-hmm. movie and i definitely would say you know yes it is a horror movie it has horror elements uh but it is ultimately it's centered around that relationship but that really like relationships like that that are so toxic that's a horror movie in and of itself like i you know When I went through one was one of the darkest like times of my life, and you know it's interestingly enough, this is such a dark time, and there's so many dark things that are happening. Most of it happens in the sunlight. Granted, the really dark stuff happens in the beginning, and but it's just so well crafted. There's so many throwbacks. There's so many on a second watch. You have these giveaways, but also one of the things that we actually didn't mention. There's a lot of little flashes Mm -hmm. of of the sister with the gas mask on and like Mm. there's a part where it's she's even like in the trees and it it is a movie that you are happy for the character at the very end but also her life has technically it's gone off the rails yes she's found her community but like i don't want to see a sequel for this film but i want (laughs) to know what what happens next for her
1: Pablo, you. Um, So I have like a a positive and a negative in my analysis. Aside from the fact that I think this movie is brilliant, well written, well shot, everything about this film is amazing and beautiful and I love Ari Oster. One of the things that I think is really wonderful about this film is the way that it tackles with the um, psychological and emotional experiences of people. I really do like that. I love that no one in this film is like evil per se as a villain except maybe Pele, but Pele doesn't come off that way at all. Like he's actually mm-hmm. his you he uses empathy and kindness and sympathy for a sacrifice, like to trick people into sacrifice. And and the way that he, as is it kind of really mirrors like human experience. Like we don't it, rarely do we m- ever experience and meet someone with antisocial personality disorder or narcissistic personality disorder. rarely do we meet someone who has that so you know when we see like movies we think like everyone has that and they're all out to get us it's actually very rare um and so people exhibit traits of self-centeredness of callousness, of manipulation, and all these things. And I, I actually love that they do that because in our lives, those are the villains in our life, is the people that we have become vulnerable to and the people that we have opened up to and relied on who have not reciprocated. And it's been very painful for us, and it's a painful experience, and they have been bad. But that doesn't necessarily mean they are terrible or bad people. Um, there are bad people in the world, but like i love that there there is nuance with the characters and the experiences where i do have an issue is not the film but i am a fan of um folk horror i think it's wonderful i think it's great i would like to see more folk horror that isn't like northern european in like uh subject like you know they're not the like you know, Celtic people and Scandinavian people and Vikings aren't the only ones that also have a relationship to the earth and a relationship to one another. I would love to see a little bit more. Like I there is one folklore out there that people have cited as a really good one. That is Thai. Um, I either or Filipino and I've heard wonderful things about it. I don't know the name I will find it. But um, yeah, I, I would like to see more and I would like to see it done in a respectful way. Not like Apocalypto, which I think was done very poorly, <laughs> but like, and in in a very respectful,
0: awesome way, just as well, yeah. you know. Totally, there is a great documentary. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, is what it's called, and it base it's a full documentary. It's super long, and it's all about folklore. It talks about, um, and but now thinking about it, yeah, most of them are you know Northern European, they are. And, yeah. like and number of countries it really is there. yeah because like, could you consider like cannibal holocaust like a folk no or phil no. like no i
1: because I,
0: it's yeah go oh, cor- please go ahead oh, no,
1: yeah. I, I was gonna say part of the reason that i don't is um folk horror typically is about like looking at the traditions of your culture in the past and like how it relates mm-hmm. to you know um pagan and um non-christian belief systems and cannibal yeah. Holocaust, I think the horror that comes with that is not those belief systems. It's yeah, it's just gratuitous horror. Exactly. Yeah, and like yeah. the otherness of of like non European peoples. Yeah. You know? I mean, you could say the
2: same for, for films like The Ritual, which is yes. I love that film. It's a great but film. But again, everyone. great film. But also like focuses on that sort of Eastern European. Yeah. You know, just if they were like I would love to see uh, like a Native American horror film or, or an indigenous horror film or a, a, a like, you know, actually I think one, it's, it's not, it's, it's not a, <clears throat> I don't want to say cultural, like uh horror film, but, but the Mexican version of uh, we are what we are. Yes. Have you ever seen that film?
1: I know that film. Brilliant film. That's, brilliant uh, film. that's yeah. a
2: great film. And, and there's an American version, which is Okay. But the, but the Mexican version
1: was fucking brilliant. It was so good. Yeah, there's a Guatemalan film called La Llorona about the uh, atrocities of the civil... So my family's from Guatemala. So the, the, the atrocities mm-hmm. of the civil war, but mm-hmm. told through the how indigenous Guatemalans view the folktale of La Llorona, which is different than, than like the, mm-hmm. the Mexican version. Um, and it's wonderful. And it, it it the subject matter is a lot heavier in folklore. And I would mm-hmm. love to see more of this in, in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, like we we reviewed um, Antlers and I was like, that's not, that, that still doesn't respect like Native American culture in the same way.
0: Opposite of respecting.
1: I would, I, you know, I, I actually was so glad that you guys did that because I
2: was, I told Paul, I was fucking pumped for that film. Yeah. I was like, this has so much potential. And then I saw it and I was like, it did nothing yeah nothing nothing. for me it was a terrible story i mean the only the only attribute to that story was the monster itself but like they couldn't even they couldn't even hire like they hired one indigenous actor who was in it for 10 seconds who just said oh yeah
1: that's a yeah that's a blah 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 blah." all right sayonara guys (laughs) (laughs) all right so moving on so for the gay gays this is how we rate if the movie is accessible to a queer audience and we have three things that we look at we look at queer representation is the queer experience represented within the film whether it's in the characters of the film or maybe the writers or the director or somebody then queer aesthetic does the film actually understand the wants needs and language of a queer audience and then we look at the queer embrace has the film been embraced by a queer audience now this is like a a newer film so it's hard to tell um, mm-hmm. I would say that it doesn't really fit the gay gaze in any sense. Like there's really no queer characters in it. We don't really know anything about Ari Aster or any of like the actors I feel are heterosexual and they deal with heterosexual relationships. However, the only thing that I feel like is like may kind of hit queer people in a positive way is the, the development of the female character and how she's really embraced
0: that may be the only thing but what yeah. what do you guys think I, I, I agree I think that there's a lot about like relationships that you know as queer people who are in relationships but I think that's more of a general yeah. thing uh, honestly the only like gay thing I really saw about it is uh, a straight guy coming and then a me- no, uh, no, him coming and then being like, oh, fuck, I'm out of here. Which, if you've ever worked <laughs> up with a guy, <laughs> he's just like, look at the time, I'm out. Yeah. Oh, what have I done? What have I done? I'm not gay. I don't think bad. that's a gay
2: thing. I think that's just a dude thing. Yeah. Where we just come and we're like,
1: I got to get the fuck out of here. Right. <laughs> uh,
2: I, you know, as, as someone who is not part of the gay community, but um, feels. attuned to it in a way, because I have so many uh, uh, people in my life who are gay. I think the only accessible point might be, is that the, the communal aspect of it is that, you know, like Hmm. the, the gay community as someone who is not part of it, but has been accepted into it with friends and just, you know, like living in San Francisco, like the, 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 the acceptance of this community, you know, like, I think the gay community is a very accepting community yeah. um of people and and your family might not always be your family but like when you when you ex- when you're accepting of people when you accept of these of these things like if you are it's it's a welcoming environment, you know? So absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right,
2: cool. I'll uneloquently leave it at that. <laughs>
0: So moving on to our next ste- segment uh, typically called who you stabbing Oof. but I'm gonna change it to <laughs> who are you giving a pube pie to ah! <laughs> all right I'll, I'll go first I mean all these people in this movie are fucking, are fucking awful <laughs> I I'm, I'm, I'm gonna they're so awful that you know I'm, I'm going straight I'm, I'm gonna give it to Danny <sighs>
2: um, I will I, I will add to that. I I I think Danny, uh, I mean Florence Pugh, I not to be not to be too straight, but I think she's gorgeous. She's yes. a beautiful woman. She is. Um, but I will uh, serve her a puke pie. But Christian has to watch in the bear costume <laughs> as
0: he's burning up. <laughs> wow um where are your
1: pubes going (laughs) my um the firefighter that discovered danny's family no um i just love a hero i love a a hero (laughs) yeah right um i don't know i like obviously i love like danny but i don't want to piss her off because then she'll set me on fire so pele because i don't know i'd like even with that hair you know what, Alex? Because of that hair, I
0: respect a man with long hair, unlike some of us on this recording. That was an opinion I had when I was in my early, mid-twenties. Uh, I think <laughs> long hair is very attractive on some men now.
1: He's like, you know what, I was a different person back then, two yeah, hours yeah. ago. <laughs> I'm a different you saved, person. You
0: saved, you saved that one. Paul. Right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Alex, you probably don't know what that sound is, but that's a sound that's very uh, uh, close to SK men Oh, I know that sound. I've listened to enough
1: episodes. I, I know that sound. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's travel, host, or ghost. So we have a grinder inspired rating system here. It's simple and split into three categories. Travel, you love this film, A+. It's good. Host, it's good enough, pleasurable, but you know, you're not going to go out of your way for this fucking film. Ghost, hard pass, Leda, you're not seeing it. And maybe we'll only revisit in a moment of desperation. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm. I'm fucking getting on that plane with Danny, and I'm going to the Harga, and I will try to win May Queen. Like I am traveling for this fucking film. This film is great. What about you? I would
2: say uh, I would. I would also travel for this. Yes. It's. It's one of those films. It's. It's an endurance contest. It's you know two and a half plus hours, but every time i've watched it because i watched it three times in preparation for this uh episode and every time i watched it i just enjoyed it more which is rare to
1: say oh that's good
0: completely agree travel like i will create multiple accounts if this per if it's not responding to me like i will travel 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 i mean it's a movie i'm gonna definitely be constantly re- re-watching. paul will catfish this
1: film oh but paul will make sure that multiple people
0: <laughs> in his family die so he can meet a group of people that will take him to sweden and i have a box of pubes that i'm saving up no but <laughs> i like it's movie i'm gonna continue to uh to re-watch so so good
1: so so good
0: all right well with that uh we've definitely kept <laughs> all of us on long mm-hmm. enough this has been so much fun alex thank you thank you for for joining it's been wonderful having you and hearing your your insight if uh people want to follow you i don't know if you're wor- working on anything right now if you want to follow you
2: uh, I, I'm, I'm not, but I, the only thing I'm working on is, uh, you know, um, uh, bringing life into this world. My wife is pregnant, which is, you know, a
0: Come very cool thing. Hands.
2: Our first is expecting in, in August. Uh, but I am on the Instagram under Alex, uh, Perry, Perry sauce. If you want to follow me, uh, nothing interesting there, but, uh, guys, this was such a pleasure. Um, Thank you for having me. This was a fucking blast, and I hope to come back again.
0: Yes, of Absolutely. course you will. Thank you for joining us, and thank you everyone for listening. If you would like to follow us, you can follow Scared Gay Podcast on Instagram. Pablo, if they would like to follow you, where can they do so? Um, on Instagram at the Exorcist SF. Yeah, and I'm at Paul. You ever wanted? Thank you again. We would love a rate review, subscribe, uh <laughs> anything. Uh thirst traps, email them to us or whatever the Pew case may be. pies, we'll take them. <laughs> so this week we did midsummer In two weeks we have another special guest. We are actually going to be joined by the fabulous host uh from Horror Daddies, to to Horror Daddies at uh, John and Carlos and we'll be doing a true horror comedy, full parody, which is scary movie. Ooh, I'm so excited. That's awesome. Until then, thank you everyone for listening, but gotta say, stay scared, stay safe, yeah, maybe get a little gay. That's super. Cute.
1: I'm Paul. I'm Pablo.
0: Thank and you. I'm Alex. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gay!